I don't know how your audio is going to be lying down. That's the only thing I'd say. Well, let's see. Let's. I'll record this bit and then, then we'll stop it and play it and see if it's all right. Go on then. Lay back. Oh, what you mean? You want to talk about the whole thing now? No, <laughs> that'd be insane. Not that laid back. Welcome to Just 10 Things, the podcast about being just a little bit better. I'm Katie. And I'm Ethwa. And this series, we're going to be looking at the 10 attributes of the perfect woman. Hi. Hello. Okay, so this week we have been preparing our presentations. Yeah, well, you say this week we've been preparing our presentations. I prepared this last night. Yeah. And I'm yet to run it through in one go successfully. Yeah, so the presentations have been interesting. Look, I think it's been a very useful thing because I feel like we've both found out about something that we didn't know before. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, th- I think I've padded out my knowledge <clears throat> of my subject um, so JP, who we spoke to last week about intelligence, gave us the parameters of doing a lightning talk, which is 20 slides with 20 seconds each, which is surprisingly short yeah. amount of time. And um, we had to do that on a subject that both we hadn't really, like we didn't really know anything about, wouldn't naturally learn about, but also that we'd always wanted to know more about. Mm-hmm. So I chose the UK parliament and voting system excellent because i I always feel painfully insecure when it comes to the time when we we have to vote for something and everyone seems to know more than i do so i was like i'm gonna go back to basics yeah that's a useful thing to know and to understand which is really good um i chose sort of like a period in Ghanaian history which i was also it was one of those things that was at the edges of my Knowledge, I kind of vaguely knew about it, mm-hmm. um, but I was like, I really actually this would be a really good chance to know a bit more about it. And also, one of the people I'm going to be talking about was like featured in like a BuzzFeed article. I was just like, this is weird. Like, I should know more mm. about like this important figure in Ghanaian history if they're going to be featured in like BuzzFeed articles. Yeah. So yeah, Very that's popular. that's what I decided to do. Okay. Um, so who's going first? I'm nervous. Yeah, it's weird. Like, so my, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some caveats out there. Firstly, clearly, I don't think these presentations are gonna be exhaustive in terms of the scope and. Mine's a shambles, really. <laughs> it's well, literally like a year seven history project that yeah. I didn't have time to put together. And of course, like you know, we're trying to distill like really what could be people's dissertations pro- dissertation projects into, you know, six minutes or so. Mm-hmm. So that it's going to lack scope, it's going to lack vigour, <laughs> it's going to lack... It's going to lack enthusiasm. I'm really tired. Well, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I think I can inject a little bit of enthusiasm, but it's going to... Yeah, there's going to... I'm going to probably skip over nuance or <laughs> just, like, vast areas within this topic. But... It was, I, I found it really interesting to research it. Um, and if you find the topic interesting, 
in the blog I'll put some links to some of the resources I used when I was reading about it um, a really great podcast I listened to and so you can you know find out even more about the topic um, do you want me to start? sure okay I'm going to need to open your powerpoint open my powerpoint let's go Effa. let's go okay for my presentation, I'm going to be telling you the story of one of the biggest female bosses in African history. Her name was Ya Asantua, and she was considered to be the queen of the Ashanti. So Ya Asantua was a 60-year-old grandmother who fought the final war against the British army as the leader of the Ashanti army. It was the end of almost 100 years of conflict between the British and the Ashanti. She was born in 1840 and she worked as a farmer. Her brother appointed her to the position of being the Queen Mother of the Ashanti. So to be able to understand this, her significance in this story, you need to understand the nature of Ashanti-British relations. And even like before that, you need to understand that the Ashanti Empire is, forms what is now part of modern-day Ghana. So we're talking about the empire that's part of what we now know as Ghana. I'm displaying a photo <laughs> of that for Katie to see. So, the British government really wanted the Ashanti region to become a, Brit a British protectorate. This meant that they could sort of protect all of the resources within the Ashanti region from encroachment from other foreign interests, but whilst the Ashanti still had some level of independence. The Asante king, who was also known as the Asante Hine, his name was Chief Premper I, he completely refused this offer on various different occasions and said that he wasn't interested, but he was still keen to kind of keep the lines of communication open. So in 1895, he sent a delegation to London to broker a treaty of friendship. Whilst they were away in January 1896, Francis Scott and Major Baden-Powell, who was the founder of the Scouts. Mm. Okay, so it's like, you know, he was a pretty big deal. They invaded the kingdom of Ashanti and they burnt it to the ground. Wow. Yeah, incredible. But even after this, Premper I thought that they could maybe salvage relations between the British and the Ashanti. So he agreed actually making the Asante region a British protectorate. The British replied to this gesture by capturing Premper I along with some of the other chiefs and exiling them to the Seychelles. What? When her relatives were forced into exile by the British, Yara Santua surveyed the landscape and she decided that there was nobody else that she felt would be capable to lead the Ashanti people, so she just leaned the heck in. <laughs> like, I'm going to do this. So the story of how she faced up to the British army starts with the golden stool. The legend has it that the gold, this particular stool, the golden stool of the Ashanti, was brought down from the sky by a fetish priest called Komfu Anoche. I've really butchered the pronunciation now, I do apologise. But he called together the Ashanti in an effort to unite the nation, and he commanded from the sky some kind of symbol that would unite them. And so it was said that there was thunder, there was darkness, and then descending from the sky was this stool. 
<laughs> and it floated down and it landed in the lap of the first Asantahene, the first king. That stool represents, to this day, the very essence of Asante unity. It unites the Ashanti kingdom and it's a symbol of the people. Okay, so you need to understand how important this stool is. In an attempt to solidify British authority, on March 28, 1900, the British Governor General, General Frederick Hodgson, called a meeting with the chiefs of the Asante region and did something which was considered to be unthinkable. So he did all sorts of other crazy things in this meeting, suggested all other, all manner of odd things. But then he proceeded to demand that the, uh, the Ashantis bring him the golden stool by saying, where is the golden stool? Why am I not sitting on the golden stool at the moment? Why did you not take the opportunity of my coming to Kamasi to bring the golden stool, to bring it for me to sit upon? This did not go down well with the Ashanti, who could not believe the governor's complete ignorance. He didn't understand that the stool was just not your average stool. Or even, it wasn't even the equivalent of like a throne or anything like that, but in fact it's considered to be the very resting place of the nation's soul. This was considered to be the greatest of offences. The Ashanti left the meeting in absolute silence, seemingly visibly unmoved, but they were absolutely furious. The men of the kingdom were humiliated, they were despondent, so they held a secret meeting in Kumasi, which is the capital of the Ashanti region. Many of the chiefs were really frightened at the prospect of war. They thought that they should think about maybe begging the governor to allow the Santahini to return from the Seychelles. Yar Asantawa, though, was aghast at this suggestion, especially after the disrespect the general had shown for the stool, for the Asante nation. So she stepped up to the leaders who had become incredibly disillusioned and delivered possibly the most rousing speech. She said, Now I've seen that some of you fear to go forward and fight for our king. If it were in the brave days of a Seitutu, a Komforanoche and a Pukuwari, leaders would not sit down to see their king taken away without firing a shot. No white man would have, could have dared to speak to a leader of the Ashanti the way the governor spoke to you this morning. Is it true that the bravery of the Ashanti is no more? I cannot believe it. It cannot be. I must say this. If you, the men of Ashanti, will not go forward, then we will. We, the women, will. I shall call upon my fellow women. We shall fight the white men. We will fight them till the last of us falls on the battlefields. This was the call to action that they needed. And three days after this meeting, and they went to war. She became the leader of the 500-strong Ashanti army. She began her campaign to drive the British back. She was responsible for all planning and strategy in relation to the war. The British contingent in the Ashanti region at the time, which included missionaries, traders and others, were exiled to the Kamasi fort. The fort was completely secure and impossible for Yasantiwa's troops to breach it. So an attempt to force surrender the Asante army stopped all food and supplies from entering the fort. So the next part is kind of a rumoured thing that happened. There is lots and lots of contention as to whether it happened. But the idea is that 
Sometime in July 1900, they receive a message from inside the fort begging for the women and children and the sick and infirm to be allowed to leave the fort. The Santa relented and allowed this to happen. Little did they know that the British had managed to sneak a message out with one of the prisoners. This message made its way to the Cape Coast, and at this point, 1,400 soldiers were sent to Kamasi to help quell the rebellion. But there is some contention as to like how those troops ended up quelling the rebellion. In the end, Yar Santua and 15 others were captured by the British and exiled to the Seychelles. Even though Yar was forced to leave the country she loved, it is considered that she led the movement for the return of the king and paved the way for independence. The Ashanti considered their stand in the war to be a success as the main aim had, their main aim had been to protect the stool. The stool remained hidden in, deep in the forest and, was ne- and never found its way into British hands. In 1921, Yar Santua died in the Seychelles at the age of 90. The War of the Golden Stool was the last major war led by an African woman. So that is my presentation. Sisters are doing it for themselves. She's a boss, right? Really, yeah. Just going to throw it out there. Okay. What? I might do mine in a slightly different format. Okay. I'm thinking yours yours carries and it transcends visual... (laughs) you know necessity that's because when people see my powerpoint (laughs) yeah whereas i spent a lot of time working on the powerpoint aspect and i think without it it's going to be a lot of dates and facts and not much else to carry you through so i might release mine separately okay yeah release yours separately (laughs) (laughs) on what platform I'm thinking maybe the YouTube. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on the blog for that. So this week we're talking to Tommy. We are. About being laid back. Not one I've looked forward to this entire time. Yeah, but I think he's going to have some interesting stuff to say, so... Let's hope so, eh? Great, let's listen. Bye. Bye. So, this means if you see your neighbor's beard burning, fetch water by yours. Okay, laid back, relaxed or unhurried, free from stress, easygoing, carefree. Does that describe you, Tommy? Say, say it again, relaxed. Relaxed or unhurried. Unhurried, free, yeah. <laughs> free from stress, easygoing, carefree. Mm. Well, yeah, I I guess so. I mean, I got myself particularly being laid back, but I guess people do say things to you, don't you? You get people saying, like, oh, you you know, if you were... What's the phrase they use? If you were any more laid back, you'd be... Horizontal. Yeah, yeah. So I've had that, things like that, that one a few times. And I don't... I guess I don't like to be too hurried. You know, growing up down in the southwest in Devon, you kind of... You have a bit. I mean, well, you're not like quite. Forty years so behind the rest of the country, so you know. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you the, take uh... take things at a bit of a slower pace. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I've never. I've never really thought about it. But yeah, like I said, it, it's stuff that has come up in conversation. Sometimes as a, sometimes as like a good thing, but also sometimes as a not so good thing. Maybe. What have you been doing that have prompted people to say that? Can you remember anything? 
I don't think, well, often, often because of the nature of it, not a lot. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> um, yeah, you're just being quite chilled out. But I, I know, like, in terms of times where it's not been a good thing, I think, like, so one, one, one circumstance comes to mind when I, I had this incident with my leg and I just got a graze and I went in the jacuzzi in a hot tub which you, you're not supposed to do I found out now yeah. um, but I did that and my legs started to get a bit red and um, itchy and a bit like swollen Yeah. and um, you know my mum would do the kind of thing which mums do and say you know you'd go and get it checked out go and get it checked out well, you know any reasonable person <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're probably right and, and looking back definitely right but I was, you know, I was kind of like, well, no, it'll be fine. It'll be all right. We'll see how it goes. And, but I did, I left it. I left it a bit too late and, you know, it got to the point where I couldn't really stand up. And um, so I did go to, I did go to, into the hospital then. And um, <laughs> so you were literally it, horizontal. So, oh yeah. So I was horizontal. Um, but yeah, and then I was, I was told like, if I'd have come a day later, I would have lost my leg. <gasps> Are um, you kidding? Yeah, oh so God. I was, I mean, I was, I was like, oh, God, that's lucky. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's like, it, my leg had got infected and it had spread up the leg and, you know, it was going into the, starting to go into the muscle and the bones and, um, yeah, I got very lucky. I've still got my leg, but, so that's like, <laughs> oh I guess God. that's an example of the like, not so good side to it, but I think, I think there are hopefully some <laughs> good elements. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to recover. Well. Yeah. I'm like visibly red yeah Casey's like really she's like really it for you in her mind I think she's just like I can't even imagine (laughs) wow I think the interesting thing is like sitting here we almost have like a spectrum of like laid back and Mm. like with you and then probably me and then Katie on the other like far far (laughs) away from you Tommy I'm not gonna lie the other end of the spectrum Um, and, and, I, and I suppose it's also different things, like different, I'm laid back about certain things and yeah. certain things I wouldn't be laid back about, which I, I don't know, I don't know if there's much that I wouldn't be, be laid back about, which Katie would also. As in like, you wouldn't, there's nothing you would get anxious about that I wouldn't also be anxious yeah, about. Yeah, I think so. Well, maybe, maybe. maybe like certain social settings. Social situations, yeah, I have a bit more... I probably have a bit more social anxiety than Kate. Complimenting strangers. Oh yeah, yeah. Apparently, I'm not great at that. Um, yeah. But how do you think you got to this point, like, of being so laid back, Tommy? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, are your family pretty laid back? Yeah, yeah, they are. They're quite chilled out. They're quite laid back. But I think my my mum would and dad would say that I'm probably the most laid back out of them. And so I, I don't know, yeah, I don't know why that is. I don't know why. I'm, I'm certainly more laid back than some of my, because I'm one of five. I'm the oldest of five. I feel so, like that's right there. Big families. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think that's it? It's, it's definitely a contributing factor. People I know who have more than two siblings or two siblings or more are definitely way more chill. Just more relaxed. Their parents have less time to fuss them, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe with you being the oldest. The I was ones left. Need more attention. So I was left to my own devices a bit, so I guess I, <laughs> I do quite like a bit up. of independence. Wow. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I brought myself up. It was a you know long and 
different. No, it wasn't at all. It was it was great. Good laugh. But um, I think yeah, I think that's been. I've always just wanted to have a laugh. I guess in a chilled out way. I, I think I can remember being back at school and, you know, I guess when you start doing GCSEs and stuff like that, it's the kind of, it's one of those times, which is like a prime example where you kind of suddenly like, you suddenly experience this kind of stress and exams. I used to lo- really look forward to exams and they didn't stress me out at all. And I, I think- see our faces right Yeah, now. both of our faces are just like, what the heck? Really? <laughs> Why did oh, you- I, I hated coursework. And I hated coursework because you had to be constantly on the ball with it and, you know, not leaving it to the last minute. And I think I liked the buzz of the exam that you kind of, it's all in that hour. And maybe I was a bit too laid back about exams. So I, you know, I didn't, I probably should have done a bit more revision, to be honest. And, you know, I used to kind of start off the exam, like looking around and, you know, go off to the toilet for a bit and um, (laughs) get that that one trip to the toilet in early. Um, I'm the exact opposite. I like to know with coursework, you've got it. You've got part of your grade in the bag. Mm. It's something you can control. Yeah. You know, the exam situation, less yeah. less, less controllable. So I guess that that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Like like the control. If you like to be in control of situations. Yeah. Which I do. Yeah. Then I guess there's like. <laughs> Like there's more, you're more likely to get stressed about it, or stressed or anxious about it. Yeah. I don't know. Whereas if you kind of like, kind of thrive and enjoy the kind of like not knowing what's going to happen and the kind of feeling like maybe you're not completely in control, then it's kind of like, oh, I've got to go with the flow a bit here. Do you find? Do you feel like you being laid back is like a benefit to you? Have there been situations where it's been like, oh, this is really good. I'm glad I was laid back about this. <laughs> well, I hope so. I'm gonna have to question my <laughs> my life otherwise, aren't I? Yeah, I think like I've definitely done jobs where it, it's been beneficial to have that kind of approach and attitude, I guess, because jobs which are kind of particularly fast-paced or stressful, and then to having a kind of laid-back attitude towards those kind of jobs, I think is sometimes I think it sometimes it enables you to kind of like take a bit of a step back um, and look at the big bigger picture and not get too consumed by it so I, I don't I don't think I I try not to allow myself to get too consumed by things and we too consumed with worry and too consumed with things like work and so sometimes I think yeah it's great it is good it's important to have a bit of bit of stress to kind of spur you on but sometimes I think it can maybe help you perform better I don't know especially if it is in a, in, a, in a workplace where you kind of need to have a cool head and you're kind of responding to things which could kind of potentially throw you and throw you off course and that kind of thing. So I was thinking as I, as I was listening to you about to almost see how far apart you and Katie are, like put some <laughs> scenarios to you mm. and how you mm. both deal with them. Okay. Um, so like it. Tommy and Katie, you're going on holiday right okay um Mm. tommy how much time do you leave yourself to get to the airport like how early do you arrive at the airport so it's an international flight (coughs) yeah there's a rule isn't there there's a rule to this there's isn't there a specific time that you have to be there yeah there's there is an amount of time but i'm interested to know whether or not you'd adhere to that amount of time or you'd be like I'm, holiday is quite important to me okay so so i think i would i'd i mean i would there is the danger of running late and it, and certainly with packing i i do find it hard to pack until the last hour before i'm going out the door even the night before i struggle to actually 
pack if there's like an hour in the morning where I could do it. So it, I guess it that does leave things to the last minute. Okay, Kate. What what time is my flight going? <laughs> so so you're when, leaving, where am I going? So you're leaving. You're flying off at two. Kate Where's was like I'm, shaking her head throughout like, that whole thing. Heathrow. Heathrow. Okay. So um, I'm in East London, Heathrow. You, how long have you got to get there? Is it two and a half hours before? It's, it's about. It's really it's about, about two hours. Two hours. Yeah. Two hours. Okay. Well, I I I would try and get there for two hours before because I do quite enjoy the atmosphere, you know, the build up. Yeah. <laughs> to go on to go on holiday, so you sort of but get down there, packing, don't you? You'd be packing at like eleven that day. Oh, but I'd be packing. I'd be packing that morning. Yeah. Yeah. When would you be packing, Kate? I would pack the night before. I'm not brilliant at life admin, which does surprise quite a lot of people because yeah. I am quite highly strung. So I pack the night before, but there, I'm not packing day off. Unless yeah. Something's gone terribly wrong. Okay. I'm checking my passports there. I'm checked in. Things are printed off. There's a wallet involved. <laughs> um, oh, I everything's wallet. charged. The charges are all packed. I have a list of things yeah. that I need to put in in the morning. Oh, wow. So this has just made me think of like an amazing thing. I Casey's, know where you're going. Casey's dad has like... It's my mum, actually. Is I it think. your mum? Yeah. It's like Casey's family have the most amazing like packing list for holidays. It's like this yeah. itemised list, and um, what like a, a kind of it's sort a of generic token list that can kind of it's apply to different holidays. It's got different columns for each member of the family, so everyone has a column with what they need to pack, <laughs> and then there's like a miscellaneous list. There's a something else. There's like a food list, and so mum just needs to print it off each year, and then you don't have to think about it, right? But part of it, part of that was to train us as children to yeah. like be responsible for our own lives. So she that's, put, like, that's brilliant pants five pairs or whatever and we would p- put it all out on our bed and then she'd come and count it and put it all in um, yeah, i just love it and that's like, so incredible i was at her house once and i saw this and i was just like i just need to get a copy of this for my dad because my dad's really into <laughs> organizing like it's just one of the things he really enjoys and so i was like this is what he's gonna like he'll really get a kick out of the the family spreadsheet and i was correct <laughs> he did <laughs> really enjoyed it. he tried to implement it in our house but we're we're just not about that life yeah yeah there's nothing nothing better than a good spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> but like i think that's the thing like i've come from that environment i'm one of two children my parents are highly organized people they both they both did mm. catering as a as an initial career and so that force them to be highly organized so yeah. i think that's probably where it comes from but yeah so i'm leaving for heathrow at probably like half 10 okay i'd like to get like because it's like it's a long journey from it east london journey. Actually, and yeah, i'd like to be there knowing i'm there yeah i'd rather faff about the airport for two hours than... i think that's fair enough especially when yeah when you've got a holiday to look forward to yeah. you want like to risk both that the airport for different reasons like tommy's there for the atmos and you're there because I'm there just... to make sure I'm there. Yeah. I I mean, I'm sort of more... I'd probably be more on the Tommy side of it because I love an airport. Me too. Yeah. Just, just love an airport. Quick quick spray of the um spray of the perfume. What was it? Eau de toilette for the guys? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is I should thing. know that. You're, you're like wandering through duty-free, like getting yeah. sprayed with things. I'm going straight to, straight to the middle area, checking if my flight gate is up yet. 
if not work out how much time I've got what do I need for the flight where I, you know i'm checking i'm scoping out the cheapest bottle of water <laughs> yeah fun times yeah but meanwhile Tommy's <laughs> smelling of seven different scents chatting to the guys in duty free <laughs> oh, yeah amazing um okay. but then you do have you do have the sprint <laughs> no you don't you're at the, the end which steves you like early. sweaty and knackered once you actually get to the plane have you ever missed a flight no, 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 never missed a flight. I, do you know what? I've not, I have, yeah, I've, do, I, I've done a bit of flying, not like a huge amount. Uh, I've never missed a flight, but we did, I did last summer, we did have a, we did have a sprint. That, that one was close. Oh, man, we were talking but we made it. Um, a few weeks ago about this topic with our friend Will. And he was talking about how how many flights did Will say he's like missed? Oh my gosh, it was more than one. Which was, was more, the problem yeah. for me. Which is already I think it was oh, really? four or five. Yeah. So he'd like missed about and these were flights to Jersey, so I'm guessing, you know, he maybe oh, yeah. seen them as like but it was still but the, the replacement flights still cost him over a hundred quid. That is true. And he was really proud of himself in telling the story how he missed the flight at Southampton Airport. And then he got the train to his brother's in Portsmouth or somewhere and managed to catch the next flight from there. And it was like Christmas Eve. And he was just like, so, yeah, result. I was like, no, 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 no. let's back up, Will. Let's, yeah. uh, let's talk about what the result would have been, which is catching the original flight and not being out 150 quid on Christmas Eve. <laughs> you know, that's just one girl's opinion. That is. I mean, so... <laughs> The premise of this whole thing, Tommy, is that obviously we're going to try and gain some of these skills and attributes. Mm. Um, and so as an expert in being laid back... <laughs> a, skill, a skill I've honed over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any sort of tips and advice or do you have any ideas of what we could do to challenge ourselves to become more laid back? Mm. Okay. Firstly, I say I don't think we're like we're not all we're not all going to be laid back, are we? And like I think like differences are are good, right? Differences are, are to be celebrated, and like if you're not if you're just not a laid back person, then you you don't need to be one. Fact. That makes sense. Love it. It's done. Um, no challenge this week. No, we're not letting you off the hook, eh? Okay? But what? sorry what was the question what tips would there be to become more but yeah I think I think there are times when it can help and I think that's often in times where if you become sort of consumed in worry about stuff so you kind of stop being able to enjoy things Mm -hmm. and I think it's often it's all about like bigger picture it's like having 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 the ability I guess to sort of take a step back and kind of think like oh actually maybe like maybe there's other stuff going on (laughs) maybe maybe that wouldn't be the end of the world and I always find if I go like spend a bit of time out in the countryside or down at the beach or like just at in in and around nature you kind of it's got that restoring it helps give you gives you perspective on the kind of worries and the, the things that are consuming you and like makes you be a bit more like oh okay the birds are getting on all right aren't they doing their doing their thing you couldn't no have fly. sounded more west country just then it, 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 it does slip in every now and again when i'm talking about the birds <laughs> the birds um, are getting on all right aren't they 
I love it. That's... <laughs> that's pro- I know, I know, I realise that's profound stuff. <laughs> deep but it's pretty deep the birds the this birds what, are getting all right on the equipment i've been missing in my life just really appreciating how well the birds are getting yeah. <laughs> maybe that's your challenge just thing is i don't even really birds. like birds but <laughs> they scare the life out of me when they're like you know when they start getting their wings like flattering around like my worst nightmare i think that's when i would stop becoming laid back is if i was in a room and like there was a bird stuck in the room as well and it's like me and a bird in a room yeah, no I one think, would love I that think I would like. Yeah, I think I'd lose it. I don't think I'd be as chilled out. We did, we did actually have one get stuck in our like shower room once, and yeah, that was that got messy. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, we need to. So we need to have a think about something we could do to to maybe alleviate our anxieties. I like the idea of going. Maybe we could go to the beach. Go to the sea. I think that's always a good tip for kind of lots of things. Just a good good thing to do generally. <laughs> just, <find laughs> go, go to, just go to the beach. Um, and try and see the funny side of things. I guess I think there's a, often there's a lot of things that we can like laugh at that we don't always laugh at. And obviously there's a lot of things that we shouldn't perhaps laugh at. But yeah, sometimes when we sort of talk things and speak things out and then kind of yeah yeah find think... opportunities to stop taking ourselves too seriously. And then, yeah. I appreciate that about you, Tommy, because I don't think you take life too seriously, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I, think, I think obviously there's things in life which are very important to take seriously. And a lot of the things that make up life are, are obviously, you know, you come across serious issues and stuff. But I think, I think I don't ever want to be someone who takes myself too seriously. When you do take yourself really serious, seriously and all those things that, all the issues that are kind of, yours then you can kind of become quite inward looking perhaps mm-hmm. because you've become kind of yeah like i was saying earlier i guess consumed by the things that your things i don't know it's quite a hard thing to do though i guess no, but it's but i'll try worth a try it's worth a try um still thinking about tommy's leg so yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like yeah wow i know i went i went to um i went to i it was in my gap year so i went traveling to thailand just after that and um got a tattoo on the i think one of the first things i did i got a tattoo on the same leg and i don't my mum could not believe it that i'd gone got this tattoo in the um yeah with a strong in a bit of a dodgy place in the same place that on the leg that i just got infected but (laughs) oh my gosh oh your poor mum yeah but i'm still walking yeah (laughs) still standing Oh dear. So you've got to be wary of is that you don't stress other people out too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely do that. That's I think that's one of the worst aspects of not being the most laid back person is that my yeah. stress sometimes impacts the people around me. Yeah. But then I suppose in the same way, like Tommy can stress everybody out. Yeah. I'm not saying exactly. we do. Oh, I see. Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but like no, no, that's exactly that's the kind of what I was yeah, saying as well. Like if by being like being laid back and being kind of it sometimes can seem like you don't care that much i guess that would be the danger Mm. and that could potentially stress other people out so i think it's probably if you are someone who's laid back it's probably good to be wary of that of the impact on other people Mm. that is true because yeah that's definitely happened to me yeah my laid back friends annoy me sometimes yeah (laughs) (laughs) the thing is as well about you guys 
as a race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just rock up and it always just just about seems to work out for you when it really yeah. shouldn't. And I feel like it wouldn't for me if I was in the same situation, but like, you know, people can be running hopelessly last minute or they can lose something <laughs> and like keep everyone waiting, but we just get there in time or whatever it is. It, always, it does always seem to work out, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, just about. And sure, there's lessons we can learn from that. But at the same time, some of us have got to keep the world running on time. That is true. I just and I, that's why we need both. And that's I think that's why we need to, yeah, have both and celebrate both. That is true. So chill. He doesn't even want to like <laughs> really be super like uh, what's the word evangelical about his about his laid backness yeah (laughs) i always think to myself laid back people they like they've got it pretty easy because they don't have the stress or like prior to the event of like worrying about it and then like it always works out in the end and so they don't have the stress then and i guess the more that happens the more you think oh it'll probably work out (laughs) we'll see how it goes And and then the more that annoys the people who you know, well, this is worry about thing. things slightly more and prepare and do all that kind of stuff. The highly strung people get anxious about it before it happens, <laughs> irritated while it happens, and resentful after it happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, my life is bleak. Yeah, I just because I so we went to it was actually a wedding. Tommy was there as well. But we went to a friend's wedding, and like there was a real. Split. I was there. You were there. It was Dan and Jenny's <laughs> wedding. Our friends Dan and mm-hmm. Jenny, and there was a real split between like the laid back people and the non-laid-back people and their approach to, like, preparing for the wedding and, like, getting to the wedding on time. <laughs> oh, no, you weren't there. You were in... No, I don't think I was there, actually. You were in Brazil. I was in Brazil. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of stress because, the like, the two different types of people getting ready for this wedding. So, like, on the morning of the wedding, literally with maybe about an hour to go before the wedding, someone was like, let's go to the beach. No, don't go to the beach. You've travelled all the way there to be there for those people's weddings. Like, don't. And so there was like, like a sort of like a tense moment where people, some people were just kind of like, let's go to the beach. No, let's not go to the beach. Let's get ready for a wedding. And then like, so group fun time beach times went off, and then group sensible let's get let's get to the wedding on time went off. Who do you think arrived at the wedding? on time and who do you think got there late it was the beach really the beach the beach the beach bums got there got there first and it was like this is what i'm saying the beach is always a good option (laughs) (laughs) it always works out it's always a good thing to do take a trip to the beach always a good option excellent that's a great place to end our discussion yeah life's a beach life is a beach thank you so much tommy thanks tommy no worries thanks thanks for talking to me (laughs) yes goodbye well don't go don't actually go we have to say goodbye (laughs) oh dear i'll say let's say it again bye tommy bye tommy bye guys great to talk to you so Tommy is laid back. Tommy is laid back. Tommy almost lost a leg to being laid back. I feel like this just reinforces my worldview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But that kind of laid back nature does make him fun to be around. I know that. Are you implying? Yeah, as, as I said, I'm not fun like... to be around. 
That's hard. For my oldest friend, which you are now. I was. Both in age and longevity of face. It sound, Like you've like killed all the others. Um, <laughs> yeah, now you're my oldest friend. No, I was not implying that you're not fun to be around, but I was just implying that that is a benefit of being laid back, that people enjoy being around you. Unless they're uptight. Well, unless the other people are uptight. Well, they don't, I, they don't enjoy being around laid back people. Yeah. Although sometimes I think even uptight people sort of like, like being in the orbit. Living vicariously. Yeah, because can you imagine like a bunch of uptight people together? Yeah, I can. That's my that's my core friendship. Group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Once they listen to this, they're just like, "What? We're all uptight." <laughs> How could you? Um. So, do you think? Do you think this is going to be a challenge that you are you excited about this challenge? Not really. Uh, to me, laid back to me is as playful was to you. Mm. Something that is not really in my nature. Yeah. There's definitely stuff I'm laid back about, but it's just. It's and when I was a teenager and, and stuff, my dad used to just say, Oh, I wish I could switch off like that, etc. etc. I'm like a good cheese, I'm maturing with age <laughs> and I'm getting worse because yeah. now I look at people and I'm like, I wish I could just switch off like that. Yeah, I think I actually, though, I have to say, I think it's like it depends on the thing because there are certainly things that as I get older. I just think that they're things that I just I'm not that bothered about mm. anymore which really really stressed me out when I was younger what like what can you give an example I mean the only example I can think of and this is gonna sound ridiculous but it's like when I was in primary school the so what you mean <laughs> when you were younger when you were five years old well, like, no when I was like you know 11 12 and like the whole the the level of kind of like stress and anxiety I had about like my forgetting my PE kit mm. or forgetting or even when I got to secondary school forgetting my lab coat or something like that and yeah. it was like it it meant everything mm. whereas like you know I've experienced enough of life now to be like yeah it's, it's that's gonna be all right yeah it's just that it's that idea of just letting things pass by you yeah. and just being like it's okay it's all right I'm, I'm in control of this and I think I don't do that enough as you were talking I was just like oh I know what I do a lot that's not very laid back is I correct people <laughs> so when you were just saying oh when I was 11 or 12 in my mind I was saying to you you were in secondary school not primary school and that's really annoying trait of not being laid back yeah I've tried I'm trying to be better at that so I often it's a bit like my whole my you know my theory for honesty Mm -hmm. I'm just like if it's going to help somebody to correct them I'll correct them but if it's not really going to benefit them in any way Mm. I'm just kind of like nah let them live their lives totally totally but I think I've worked it into my brand of (laughs) humour I'm just really irritating and like with grammar and things like that I make such a big point out of it to make it comedic but then I still get to put my point across so maybe this week you could just try not to correct anybody yeah how would that go for you that would be difficult there's a lot of wrong people yep interesting (laughs) (laughs) even then I want to correct myself because it wasn't the right way to say that sentence (laughs) what it should have been is that people do a lot of things wrong yeah maybe even wrongly 
Oh, I'll stop now. So maybe that you could try that. I think maybe we should try and maybe take some time out. We're going to go to the sea. I think we Tommy should go told to us the to sea. go to the sea. Yeah, I like that idea. And maybe just let out some anxieties. Yeah. By the lapping waters. Just shout them into the sea. Oh, Joe, you know that I mean, that's how my um granddad lost his stutter. Wow. Like, genuinely, apparently, like, he had a really bad stutter, and someone, I don't know, some kind of wise old African, told him to go and speak out his troubles over the sea, and, like, he went and he did that, and then his stutter disappeared. Wow. I mean... Well, okay. Maybe (laughs) we can cure whatever it is that goes on inside me. I mean, this might also be, like, a family folktale, so, you know, swings and roundabouts. I'm willing to put it to the test. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Just 10 Things. Our email address is just10thingspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at just10things or read more on the blog just10things.com. Music courtesy of bensound.com.